every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. We've been talking about God's will for us being prosperity and I'm going to share briefly in the next 15-20 minutes because I need to bring the things up now. If you know you have used all your strength, just look for charger, charge yourself. Because you have not even praised yet. Alright? You have not even praised yet. Today, briefly, I would speak on what I titled the power of the blessing. Someone say the power of the blessing. Say so the power of the blessing. So I want you to do me a favor. Bring out your notepad. You know I don't like teaching without you writing. I need you to focus on the word and don't allow anything distract you. In times like this when the word of God is coming, it's not just coming with instruction, it's coming with empowerment. The same word that instructs you to prosper has the capacity to empower you to prosper. And so don't listen alone for the instruction. Be attentive to catch the empowerment. God speaking in his word. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Help me. Proverbs 10 verse 22. Media. Proverbs chapter 10. Dumo, are you here? Okay, Dumo, do you have a mic? Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. What does it say? Help me. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. Uh, what does it make? Now, please focus on the word of God, please. I need you to focus. I, need, I don't want you to be distracted. If you are sitting up here and can hear me, say yes. Okay. I need you to please focus on the word. What does the Bible say the blessing of God used to do? It's make rich. Eh? What does the blessing of God used to do? The Bible says the blessing makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Sorrow in that verse means toiling. The word sorrow, sorrowing, sorrowette, sorrows appears 115 times in the entire Bible. And this word sorrow, in the context of sorrow, only appears twice. One in this place and the second one when it talks about women giving birth with sorrow. It calls it labor. It isn't God's plan that you are going to be blessed or walk in riches with sorrow. He didn't plan that you are going to toil and toil and labor before you can enjoy his blessings. God started Adam out with blessing. In the book of Genesis, when he created Adam, he says he blessed them and said, be fruitful. So man came conscious and the first word that the man had, the very first word he had was no generational causes. The first word that Adam had was no spirit husband. The first word that Adam had was nothing threatening, nothing terrorizing. What he had was a blessing. The first thing that came into the mind of Adam was a blessing. 
And I told you that the principle of first mention, if you want to know how things are to be or ought to be, you need to go to the beginning. God wants you blessed. And the Bible says the blessing of God will make you rich. Satan doesn't want believers to be wealthy. And I'm going to explain that to you. Look at Job. Job chapter 1. Do you have NLT to do more? Job chapter 1 verse 9. Job chapter 1 verse 9. Satan replied to the Lord. Satan replied to the Lord. Yes. Yes. But Job has good reason to fear God. Job. Because God was boasting about Job. He said, Satan, have you seen Job, my servant? Have you seen him do this, do that? Satan said, look, 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 look. He has a good reason to fear you. What does he say next? You have put, you have always put a wall of protection you around him. protection around him. And his home and his property. His home and his properties. You have made him prosper in everything he You have does. made him prosper in everything he's doing. Look how rich he is. Look at how rich he is. But reach out. So look at how he says it. He said, look at how rich he is. That's Satan. You could see the, the, the hatred. He said, look at how rich. He's so rich. Satan is upset that a believer is rich. And that is why he would do anything and everything possible to ensure that wealth does. You see, I don't care about us sinners who are out there and I'm going to explain their own case later. Sinner, Satan's issue is that a believer has money. Is it, is it, the greatest fear of Satan is that a believer is wealthy. Because there's no limit to a believer, a sound believer who has money in his hands. In Psalm 112, I read that scripture to you. Psalm 112. I said you must believe that you are a Psalm 112 man. Psalm 112 verse 1. Help me do more. One. Yes, blessed. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delighted greatly in his command. Verse 2. Help me. That delighted greatly in his command. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Yes. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Wealth and riches. This man is a righteous man. This man has a big house. And his big house has wealth and riches in it. It says, and his righteousness. So you see, his riches is not the opposite of righteousness. Riches is not the opposite of righteousness. Riches is not the opposite of righteousness. Righteousness is not the opposite of riches. You can be rich and be righteous and be rich and be righteous and be riches and be righteous. Riches is not the opposite of righteousness. His righteousness endures forever. Bible says in verse 10, the wicked saw it and gnashed their teeth. Verse 10, same verse, same chapter. The devil saw it and was grieved. Why is this righteous man rich? Satan doesn't want wealth to come to your hands. He hates it. But yet the blessing of the Lord is to make you rich. The blessing of the Lord is to make you prosper. And the blessing of the Lord is stronger than any economic circumstance of the world. God wants you rich. I hope I can say this long enough to enter into your subconscious. That you being poor is not the will of God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, help me, help me. 7, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8. The Bible spoke about the man that trusts the Lord. But blessed are those who trust in so the Lord. So it starts with the blessing again. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. Help me media. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. NLT. It says blessed is that man. The man that is blessed. A man that is blessed. Who's upon, who, upon whose life the blessing wants to make rich. The man says he trusts in God. Next, what does it say next? And I've made the Lord their hope and confidence. You see the Lord is their confidence. They are not waiting for the national budget. Mm -hmm. 
They are not waiting for some party. They don't have any confidence in any party. They don't have any confidence in any political policy or political narrative or political anything. Their confidence is in the Lord. Next, what does it say next? They are like trees planted they along the river. They are like trees planted along the river bank. Yes. With roots that reach deep into Their the water. Their roots reach deep into the water. Yes. Such trees are not bothered by they the heat. They are not bothered by it. Economic heat. Financial heat. National recession, depression, progression, and progression, retrogression. They are not bothered. Their roots go fine to the water. What does it say next? Or worried by long months they of drought. They are not worried by long months of drought, of famine. They are not worried. Their economy, their sustenance, their supply is not of this earth. The Bible says when there is famine, they are not, what does it say next? Their leaves stay green. Their leaves stay green. And they never stop producing they fruits. never. So you see, the blessing of God is to ensure that no matter what's going on around you, your leaves stay green. Don't say my leaves stay green. Say I'm blessed. Say, say I'm blessed. Say it again, say I'm blessed. It's trust in God. It's not disturbed by what goes on around him. In Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3, he says whatever he, hand, he places his hands on, will prosper. If this blessed man comes into pure water business, he prospers. If this blessed man comes into packaging beverages, he prospers. If this blessed man comes into sugar manufacturing, he prospers. See, the blessed, this blessed man, you cannot use prosperity as a pointer to purpose. Because this man prospers in everything he does. That is why his prosperity cannot be an indication of purpose. He cannot want to know what God has called him to do by what he does well. He can do everything well. Bible says his leaves stay green. The blessing of God will always lead to prosperity. The blessing of God will always lead to prosperity. God blessed Adam after the flood came and was going to bless. He blessed Noah with the same words. He says be fruitful and multiply. You see God is a blesser. God is a blesser. When sin came, sin changed everything except God. I hope you caught that. You see, sin changed man. Sin changed the earth. Sin changed animals. Animals that don't used to bite men before began to bite men. Sin changed everything. But God is constant. And so because God is constant, his original intent for man didn't change. And so even after the flood, he came to Noah and blessed him. And blessed him. God wants you to walk in blessing. He started his journey with Abraham. The Bible says he blessed Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. Do more. We're going to rush this through because of my time. And I will make thee a great nation. I'll make thee a great and nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. I'll make your name and great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And you will be and a I blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. I will bless those that bless you and cause them that cross you. And in thee all, shall all the families of the earth God be blessed. God says all the families. So God blessed Abraham. And when God blessed Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, just one chapter afterwards in Genesis chapter 12 God blessed him there was nothing about Abraham's riches or Abraham's wealth before Genesis chapter 12 but Genesis chapter 12 leading straight to Genesis chapter 13 verse 2 you see just one chapter afterwards Genesis chapter 13 verse 2 says what Help me. and Abraham was very rich in and cattle and Abraham was very rich in cattle in silver in silver and in gold you see, so you, you see the blessing of God on the life of Abraham resulted riches the blessing of God is not only exclusive to spiritual blessings. The blessing of God brings 
birth to material blessings. The Bible says that Abraham became rich not in the spirit alone. He was rich in what? Cattle. He was rich in cattle. He was rich in gold. Silver. The Amplified Version says he was extremely rich. Abraham was rich. Abraham had so much confidence in his riches that in Genesis chapter 14 when he was going to pay tithe to Melchizedek and the king of Sodom, Sodom came and was going to ask him to take off everything he brought from the wall. He said, look, take everything lest you say you are the one that made Abraham rich. That's, you see, Abraham was not looking for help from everybody. Abraham was so confident of his future that he was very selective as to who he would allow pay or contribute to that future. Because some of us who have allowed so many people to put their hands into our life, so much they think that they have a right or authority to lay claim on what God is doing in our lives. And because God doesn't want to share the glory with man, he retrieves his hands. So go and meet that your rich uncle, go and meet that your rich auntie, go and meet your brother who's in NMPC. Because God would not share his glory with anyone. I was so careful with those I allowed to come into my life when I was starting ministry. It's when I was starting ministry, let me tell you what I did. I blocked all these people around me. When I was living in my church, in my sayings, there were big boys in our church. I was a choir member. I didn't tell them goodbye. I didn't tell them bye-bye. You know, if I, there's a way to say bye-bye. That is begging. See, I'm going, man. So we are going, man. See, be going. Like we are just telling you we are going. So I did not tell anybody. I blocked all the, they were big boys. Because I know the big boys now. You know, big boys are very easy to know. You know, when they come to church, they come with a particular kind of car. You could almost be what this person is big, big. So there were people that because I was also serving, I could have gone and said they would have loved to. It's okay, you know, just come to my office and then let me see what I can do. And because I was so sure that God will make me rich, I was careful not to allow there is no human being on the planet earth that can lay claim on anything God has done in SLC. Not even me. Because I had no experience, I knew this is not me. I had no experience. I had no opportunity to have done this before. As well, I didn't bring anything to the table. I don't even have a table. So there was nothing I was bringing to it. God, only God was behind everything we see. And so because Abraham was sure, he told Mercedes, take everything so that you will not say tomorrow you are the one that made Abraham rich. That's confidence. So I know what I'm going. I know what God's going to do in my life. And the Bible says, you are a seed of Abraham. Someone say, I'm a seed of Abraham. Say, I'm a seed of Abraham. Say, I'm a product of a blood sworn oath. I'm a product of a blood sworn oath. You see, God, God swore an oath with his son, Jesus. Let me show you scripture. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Help me do more. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on so the let's Gentiles. So, let's start from verse 13. 13. 13. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of from the curse of the law, yes. he made a curse for us. Yes. For it is written, yes. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham so might the blessing of Abraham may come upon who? The Gentiles. Us. So we, what, what's the blessing of Abraham? Genesis chapter 12. I will bless them that bless you, cursed us that curse you. And the result of the blessing, yes, chapter 3, that thing was what? Extremely. So the Bible says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. That that blessing, you see, the blessing of Abraham may come on me. I'm a, I'm a non-Hebrew speaking Israelite. Are you get that later? I, I, am, I am of the blood. So if you look at verse 13, it says that the, that, that, that the cross 
he got the cross so that is, as the written cross is everyone that hangs on the tree when they hung Jesus on the creek on the tree he took all the costs of the law and took it out of the way so that I can benefit from the blessing of Abraham if you look at verse 29 look at verse 29 help me quickly verse 29 of the same and chapter if be Christ, and if you are of Christ if you belong to Christ what happens then are ye Abraham's you seed? are Abraham's seed anyone that comes to Christ by your connection to Christ you see Christ is the seed of Abraham in whom all the families of the earth will be blessed my connection to Jesus connects me to Abraham the Bible says if I'm of Christ then I'm of Abraham's and therefore yes what does it mean to be here what does it mean to be an heir eh? who knows heir yeah what does NLT say to this? NLT, give me NLT for this. Verse 29. You, you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham. So he says yes. He says yes. I'm looking for a translation that doesn't say here. If I say I'm a heir to something, God promised somebody something. I'm the next in line. Do you know that Jesus says you are his joint heirs? Hmm? Is that what Jesus said? Please look at me. Look at me. I want you to forget everything religion has taught you. Jesus said you are my joint heir. What's the meaning of being a joint heir? Sorry, co-heir. That's what it says. It's co-heir. Jesus says, I'm your joint heir, not co-heir. We are not co-heirs. There's no between co-heirs and joint heir. You know, Mr. Caleb is here. He's easy he's, 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 he's the maestro of law in this Abuja. So I'm very careful now. Sir, Jesus says we are joint heirs, not co-heirs. I want to know if I got this correctly. If Jesus says we are joint heirs, it means that whatever Jesus owns, we own it together. You see, Jesus cannot do with it as he wills without me. Is that what it said? So if I'm a co-heir, let's say I'm a co-heir with someone now, it means that if I'm a co-heir of a land with someone, 100 by 100, we are co-heirs. We can divide the land and he can sell 100 by 50 as his own. And I can do my own. But this Jesus is 100 by 100. We are joint heirs. Jesus cannot even use what belongs to him without me. And it was Jesus who said that. And if Abraham is the heir of the world, it was Abraham that God gave the world. He says in use are all the families of the world. The Bible says I become an heir with Abraham. Everything that belongs to Abraham belongs to me. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's the scripture. I'm not under any financial course. I'm not under any generational course. Knowledge will bring light. Listen to me, child of God. Listen to me. I know the argument that they have taught us, and a lot of arguments is going on the internet. Listen to me clearly, and I want to break this thing once and for all. They say, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know unbelievers that have money. Both Christians and non-Christians are arguing. And of course, there are unbelievers who have money. Who will have more money than believers? Are you following me this morning? Are you following me? So the argument is not whether there are unbelievers who have money. Because our argument now is that you don't have to follow Jesus to have money. Why are we preaching about this? It's when I can easily have money without following Jesus. I agree with you 100% that you can have money without Jesus and there are many people who are not following Jesus today who have money who said that you have to follow Jesus have you ever heard me say that you have to follow Jesus to have money have I ever said it on this stage before eh? 
Have I ever said it before? I don't, are there not people that you know that are unbelievers who are rich today? Are there not people like that? Our argument is not that. They are unbelievers who have a lot of money. So my argument is that they have to follow Jesus. Even in the days of Abraham, there were people that were not following God and had money. The king of Sodom had money. The king of the Philistines had money. The king of Egypt, there were people who had money who were not following God. Why did Abraham not say, hey, why must I follow you when the king of Salem or king of this one already has money? Abraham knows that Satan does not want a follower of God to have money. No. Satan does not want you to have money because it is with money that you can spread the gospel. The devil knows. You see, you can be all spiritual. Listen to me. You can be as spiritual as you want. If Satan cannot stop you from being spiritual, he will, he will at least want to keep you poor so that you don't infect others with your spirituality. Keep your spirituality to yourself. I know you are anointed, but can you keep your anointing within the four corners of your room? Don't have money to get on radio with it. Don't have money to get on TV with it. Don't have money to print books and publish it. Don't have money to spread the gospel. Don't have money to spread the love of God. So long as you want to be spiritual, be spiritual to yourself. Satan knows that it is by money that we spread. You see, Satan's issue is that he doesn't want you to spread. Give me Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17. Zechariah 1 17. King James. He knows that it is the phones in your hands. It is with phones that you get on TV. It is the phones that you go from state to state. Cry out, saying. Thus says the Lord, my cities through prosperity shall do what? You see this point here. This one. It is with prosperity that we spread. We don't spread with holiness. We don't spread with prayer. Satan knows we can get that together and be praying so long as we don't have money. We can be there. So it will stop the spread. That's why unbelievers can have money to power LGBTQ. Unbelievers can have money to power all kinds of propaganda and believers must be starved with it. I know you don't have to serve Jesus to have money, but I know that Satan will fight any long to ensure that a sound, Holy Ghost-filled, anointed believer doesn't have money. I know. People are more comfortable with a poor Jesus. Nobody criticizes a poor Christian. Have you ever seen anybody criticize a poor Christian? Have you ever in news, television, have they ever come against a poor Christian? Nobody said about it. Nobody persecuted a Nobody. Nobody has this time. Because he's poor. He's already incapacitated. He doesn't need persecution. He already cannot do much. Look at this. If they see a church with a golden roof, listen to me. If the people see a church with a golden roof, they will castigate it. What is the meaning of this? Is this why we are here? They would criticize that church. But let them see a church with mud, built with thatch roof, with water flooding. And people sit standing in the water. They say, Oh, holy, holy God. Father, we thank you. People are serving God. Why are people more comfortable with a poor Jesus? Why is a poor Jesus more appealing to our minds? If you see a Christian who's wealthy, who drives a Rolls Royce, who has an early pad on his roof, who flies where he wants, they start criticizing him. 
They say, what is it for? Eh? They say, it's not a Christian. But the moment they see I'm a Christian with a pastor with a, with a, with a suit that is bent like this. And she cannot afford They say, ah, he's serving God. One day God will reward him. One day God will. Why are people like that? It's because Satan. Satan doesn't want money in the hands of a believer. People went to prison to free prisoners. It takes money to do that. People put money together. Build hospitals. It takes money to do that. It takes money. The Bible says, My cities we spread through through what? Satan through what? Prosperity. Satan knows this scripture. And that's why we would want to make sure that if you are very spiritual, the most spiritual people in the world are almost the, most, are the poorest people. Have you noticed that? Have you seen prayer warriors? I'm serious. Why is Satan doing that? People with unction on their life. People who the earth is supposed to listen to. The Bible says that the wisdom of a poor man is despised. It's a regrettable truth. There are many people who I know personally that have word, that have word, thick word. They can change the world with wisdom, but they are poor. Nobody listens to them. Let a rich man just say nonsense. Everybody, you know, a rich man's joke is always funny. Try joke. People listen. They have audience. Listen, there are things. Listen, listen. I am, and I'm praying to God that you open your ears this morning. There are things I'm saying now that is causing ripples that I've said ten years ago that nobody responded to. Same thing. Sometimes I want copy from my Facebook posts ten years ago. And the people say, Wow! What a word! Where were those people? Where did they have a voice? The things I'm saying are not truer than they were 10 years ago. But now I have a audience. Wealth will amplify your voice. That is why you cannot be poor. There are a lot of rich, rich, foolish people singing nonsense and everyone is giving them attention because money is loud and that is why you have to understand that Satan is deliberately ensuring that people who have content that can change the world don't have money you will change your mind this morning someone say I'm blessed someone say I'm blessed Abraham was blessed Isaac was blessed the best of the Lord was upon Isaac. I have to close now. He sowed on the land. The Bible says he sowed in the land of famine. It's famine, it's a dry place, but the Bible says Isaac sowed and he reaped on bread folds. Genesis chapter 26. And the Philistines began to envy him. And he says, Go, for you are mightier than we. Because God blessed Isaac. If you go to the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament, and I'm very careful with the words I use. Was a very wealthy God. I'm very, I'm very careful. I'm coming. The God of the Old Testament was a very wealthy God. It was that God that could make His people stupendously rich. It was the God that, when Israel left that God, they began to want and to be in famine. And every time they go back to that God, they lived in abundance and in plenty. 
and every of his patriarchs if you trust if you tr if you track the bloodline of the blessings you will find out that everybody in the patriarch of abraham isaac jacob david all those guys were rich folks god was deliberate trying to paint a picture that i am not a poor god i am not a poor god when jesus was going to say the story of the prodigal son i was going to simplify who god was the god he used as the god of the prodigal son was a very wealthy god he painted the father as one that had so much money he could kill the fatted calf without care or concern that's the kind of god you serve your god is not poor and he doesn't take glory in your poverty so he blessed Abraham and he blessed Isaac and the blessing kept going on and he blessed Jacob you know Jacob was working for an employer who wanted to cheat him I'll just end with Jacob and Joseph because my time is gone you see Jacob you know do you know, you know Jacob Jacob had the blessing Jacob had stolen his brother's blessing you remember, you remember, you remember Jacob and the brother Esau and the Bible already said that Esau was going to serve Jacob. Do you remember that story? God already told them before they were born. Should I come? You guys can hear me, Abby? Okay, I don't want to lose you. God already said that the younger one was going to serve the older one. Very clear. Because Rebecca found that there were two nations in her, storm, in her tummy. And they said the younger will serve. The older will serve the younger. It was clear. But because Isaac loved Esau, he wanted to superimpose on the prophetic word of God by giving Esau the blessing at all costs. You see, Isaac loved Esau because Esau was always giving him bush meat. The Bible says it. That he loved Esau because of the food. You see, Isaac was a blinded gluten. He loved food and that's how food can twist your brain. To want to change what God is saying. Now, the mother too had her own part because he loved Jacob because Jacob was an only person. And so Jacob helped with the house chores. So both parents were selfish. And that's what happens when parents are selfish and loving one sibling over the other. They will create sibling rivalry among their children and Esau could have killed Jacob. And that's bad parenting. Both of them should have called those children and said, look, this is what God said about you. God said it's about you. And so we are going to follow God. He should have done that instead of going through all the strain that they went through. The Bible says that Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. It's not because God hated Esau. What God meant was that Esau kind of people, I don't like them. I love Jacob kind of people. Who is Jacob kind of people? Jacob kind of people was a cultivator. Jacob was a, was a shepherd, was a cultivator. Let me help you with this one very fast, very fast. It's not part of my sermon, but let me just say very fast, very fast. Jacob and Esau. Jacob was a cultivator. Esau was an hunter. There are three things you must know between a cultivator and an hunter. And there are two kinds of people in the world. The cultivators and the hunters. Three things. First thing about an hunter is that an hunter uses his physical strength. An hunter uses his physical strength. Everything he has to get, he sees a squirrel. He has to pursue the squirrel with all his strength. Number two, an hunter focuses on one thing alone. One Thing alone, he cannot pursue two rabbits. If he sees one rabbit, he would, he would deploy all his focus on getting that one rabbit. Number three, an hunter kills whatever he finds. An 
other kind of person uses his physical strength, focuses on one thing, and kills whatever he finds. The cultivator, on the contrary, uses his ideas, not his physical strength. He focuses on many things and he grows whatever he finds. So if an altar, if Esau and Jacob stood like this, why does God love Jacob and hate Esau? If Jacob, if Esau stands like this and sees a male and a female goat, and Jacob stands and finds a male and a female goat, Esau will kill the two of them instantly and eat it. That means everything in the hands of an Esau has only one life cycle. But Jacob will catch the two goats and begin to nurture them. Give him one year, you have ten goats. That was why he had goats in the backyard to go and bring when Isaac was asking for food. Esau had to go to the forest. Jacob went to his backyard. Ah, are you getting what I'm saying? Because he had been nurturing his backyard for his feet or his goats or his sheep. There are two kinds of nations in the world. The Esau nations and the Jacob nations. The Esau nations focus on crude oil alone. And when they find it, they kill it. The Jacob nations focus on many things. So you see in Nigeria, we have crude oil. In Ghana, they have gold. In Zimbabwe, maybe copper. They focus on one thing. And they kill it. The Bible says a lazy man does not roast what he finds. He doesn't roast. He kills it. He doesn't roast it. See, <laughs> Jacob, hey, Jesus Christ. Jacob had, he negotiated Esau's destiny on food because he had nurtured what he had. So from raw to finished products, an Esau nation picks what they have raw, but they are too lazy to refine it. They rather sell their destiny than roast it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you negotiate, I feel like coming to meet you guys where you are. When you negotiate, an Esau nation negotiates on empty stomach. A Jacob nation negotiates on a full belly. And that's why they can get your crude oil for peanuts. Because you are hungry. Are you catching it? Don't ever negotiate when you're hungry. Don't you are going to negotiate away your destiny when you're hungry. Don't ever bargain when you are hungry. And there's so much I could say about Jacob and Israel this morning, but I don't have time. It will exemplify why some nations are growing and some nations are dying. You see why some people are growing. And some people are dying. It will be why some people, when they have one thing, one money, they can't multiply it. They catch a rabbit like an Esau, they kill it. Instead of catching it and nurturing it and allowing the rabbits to reproduce themselves while you cross your leg and you're sipping champagne. That's what makes a blessed man from a cursed man. Okay, I'm sorry, but that was not part of. But did you learn anything? You see, I, I, wish, I wish I could even emphasize this because I had this in my mind, my spirit, long time ago. Jacob sold out his destiny because he was hungry. 
Now, sorry, Esau. So Jacob went. Now let's see the blessing of God on the life of Jacob. So you are going to help me very much, Abi. Do more. We don't have time. We have to rush this thing very fast. Very fast, fast, fast. My time is gone. <laughs> Genesis. Ah, my God. Genesis chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30, verse 27. So I'm going to give you a background so I can understand the story. I'm, I'm not going to, we're not going to read it all because of my time. Genesis 30, verse 27. Let's have NLT. So NLT, NLT says, this was when, are you following me? Can I hear you say yes? So here was when Jacob had been serving Laban for 20 years. But the blessing of God was on Jacob. And so by that, everything Jacob touched prospered. Whether I was an employer or an employee. And we have to understand that you carry the blessing of God everywhere you go. The blessing does not discriminate if this business is yours or your boss's. Everything you dip your hands in prospers. And that's why some of us are using our blessing for some other people's businesses because we are too shy and too lazy to start one for our home. Okay? The Bible says, please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Laban said that to Jacob. And because Jacob was saying, I want to leave. Next verse, quickly. What does it say next? Next verse. Tell me how much I owe you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I will pay. That was what Laban said. Because Laban had changed Jacob's salary ten times. Ten times he changed Jacob's salary. So Jacob was tired and he was going to go. He said, I'm not doing it again. Laban started begging. Well, I don't go now. Stay. If I'm owing you, I will pay you. He said, tell me. Next verse, quickly. Jacob replied. Loud. Yes. You know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks have, and herds have grown under my care. Yes. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. Yes. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done, but now what about me? When can I start providing for my own, own family? family? Yes, continue. What wages do you want? Laban asked again. Yes. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Yes. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Yes. Give me, give this to me as my wages. So, just hang on to more. Please stay there. Jacob said, please follow me, follow me. I don't want you to miss this. Jacob said, don't pay me anything. Let me inspect the flock today. And let me pick the spotted and the speckled goats and sheep. Let those ones be my salary. As I'm taking care of your sheep, anyone that is spotted or speckled, that will be my own. Next verse, what does it say? In the future, when you check on all the animals you yes. are giving me as my wages, you yes. will see that I have been honest. If you yes. find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know I have stolen them from you. Next verse. All right, Laban replied, it yes. will be as you say. But Next after every day, yes. Laban went out and removed the male goats that were strict and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches and all the black sheep. Now you see that? What did Laban do? Eh? That very day. He went and did what? Separated all the goats that would have been Jacob's wages. Because he was trying to perpetuate his servitude. And some of us are suffering from our you know, wicked bosses doing all kinds of stuff. You know, trying to ensure that you don't get what you, you, you do agreement. They'll say, okay, now that you're working with the office, like, well, instead of giving you salary, we're going to give you shares of the company. You collect shares, you invest in the company, you invest in your own company. You don't get anything out of it. Laban did that. So he separated. And what did he do with the goats? He placed them in the care of his own son. Yes. Who took them a three days journey from where they Jacob was. They trek. They trek for three days. So that the goats would not even come near at all. And Jacob knew. Next verse. What did Jacob do? Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Yes. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plain trees and yes. peeled off strips of bark, making yes. white streaks on them. Yes. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came from. To yes. That's where they, for that was where they mated. Yes. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave back to young that were streaked, speckled, and Does spotted. Does that, you see, you see, 
You see, the blessing will put in you creativity that is superior to the cruelty of the world. This does not make any scientific sense. So Jacob says, okay, no problem. I have the blessing. You take the money, give me the blessing. Take the goats, give me the blessing. The blessing works on goats too. The blessing works on anything. You see, SLC is a blessed church. When we were going to start SLC, we came to town. I was advised that you don't start church in town because people are not living around the place. That you have to start church in residential areas where people are living so you can enter people's house and say, come, we have started church in your neighborhood. Come and attend our church here. Don't leave town. So when we started church in Rosebud, there was no house in about five kilometers in the circumference. Nobody was living there. But I said the blessing will work anywhere, even in the desert. So today, there are people who came from Kuali in this church. I've seen someone that came in this morning. He came from Mina to this church. How many church did he pass from Mina? Last Sunday, 10 people stood with me. They said, Pastor, we came from uh, Kuje. Say we are 10. No, we came from Kuali. We are 10, from, 10 of us from Kuali. We'd like to take a picture with you. I said, 10 people from Kuali. You know where Kuali is? After Gogolada. So Jacob put sticks like this and dotted it. And the Bible says every time the goats mated, they give back to what they are beholding. You see, you always give back to what you are beholding. Yes, mm. yes, you always give back to what you are looking at. That's why you have to keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on the word. Child of God, if you are lazy, if you are a lazy Bible student, you will not give back to anything biblical. As we behold, we become. What does it say next? Help me. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock. Yes. And at mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that yes. were strict or black. This is yes. how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban. Yes. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, yes. Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Yes. And they would mate in front of the branches. Yes. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. Yes. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats and female and male servants. Hey, Joe, hey, Joe, hey, Joe. Where the male servant come from? These male servants, did the gods give back to male servants? You see, there's a point where you are doing something, and there's a point that God takes it over. You see, you can say, I did this. If you ask me honestly, I can say, I did this. How did you go to church? I say, I did this. But, I say, but honestly, there was a place I really cannot say what happened. I don't know how these goats started giving back to male servants. I don't know how these sheep started giving back to male servants. I don't know. I just know that somehow, somehow, I began to have male servants. I could say I did this, I did that, but I did not know what I did. That male servants started coming. I myself were a servant. The Bible says male servants are many camels. Was there camel in the story in the beginning? Was there any mention of camel? So where did camel come from? Where did donkeys come from? The blessed man cannot be restricted. Someone put your hands on your head. Say I'm blessed. Say I'm blessed. Say I carry the blessing. What does the next verse say? Help me. No, the next verse is the next chapter of the next verse. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. That's chapter 31 verse 1. Exactly. Yes, give me chapter 31 verse 1. What does it say? But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling they about him. They started grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything. Everything we have. They said, he has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. He has become very wealthy. They were the people that stole goats and ran away with it for three days. What became? Have all you have. If you don't have the blessing, it will die. You can steal as much as you want to steal. 
If the blessing is not in it, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, not the stealings of thieves. The Bible says they said Jacob had become rich at our father's expense. Verse two. I love verse two. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude. He saw him. that Laban's attitude began. Laban began to give him attitude. <laughs> Amen. Laban started to give him attitude. People don't criticize poor people. Why didn't they give him attitude when he was poor? If nobody's giving you attitude. So I said, neighbor, give me attitude. <laughs> oh God. Laban began to give him attitude. Because he had become wealthy. And the wisdom of God came by the blessing. That's why you see, blessing is not restricted to material riches. Blessing will produce wisdom. See Joseph. Joseph had, was wise by the blessing. He was prospering as a prisoner. Have you ever heard that before? A prisoner prospered. Prospered so much. They handed over the prison to him. Prospered so much in Potiphar's house. Potiphar said, you see, I just be the CEO. Handed over everything to him. Someone put your hands up. Say, mention your name. Say, I. Mention your name. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Say, my basket is blessed. My storehouses are blessed. I'm going to stop here because of my time. The power of God's blessing. I believe that I'm one of the most blessed pastors in the city of Abuja. I believe. I believe. And I'm going to come into the consciousness of that more and more and more and more. As I see the Lord bless the works he has put in my hands. No matter how much you try, you must understand that you are blessed. You see, if you don't understand it, you will not walk in it. If you don't understand it, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, no matter what you're doing this morning, the blessing of the Lord can come on you and change your life. Right where you're seated, I want you to know that God wants to bless you. And he has blessed you in Abraham. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.